Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Expedition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host Jeremy and I hope everyone enjoyed the ranking of Wes Anderson last week with Ben. We had an absolute blast talking about those movies. We always have been pretty big Wes Anderson fans, obsessing over those movies. Um, And, you know, finally really getting to rank them. I don't think we ever really bothered to do that before. Uh, I did get to see Asteroid City since then, and since it isn't the focus today, I won't go in depth, but it didn't disappoint. Kind of stole that sixth spot on my personal rankings for his filmography. But moving on. Uh, today we're beginning, I'm really excited for this, we're beginning a new series for the podcast that I'm, I'm really excited to launch um, and then kind of revisit from time to time, uh, filmic franchises. For each episode in this particular series, I'm going to take an in-depth look at a movie franchise, um, a different one per episode, kind of talk about what I liked, what I disliked, you know, give a ranking as I go. Uh, I'm mostly doing this to get a ton of movies talked about on here, Yeah, in a... a pretty compacted way um but yeah i I also want to kind of delve into this geek culture that i kind of stay obsessed with even though i've begun to move more into traditionally critically acclaimed movies um another reason i'm trying to do it is to push myself into different franchises i wouldn't really give a good faith shot in my day-to-day movie watching life um stuff like fast and the furious i don't really Whatever, I would never really watch that. Uh, James Bond, all of those movies. I like Daniel Craig's, but they're the only ones that I've really seen. Uh, stuff like Transformers, Star Trek, Born Identity stuff. Um, Mission Impossible is something I'm working my way through right now. So more stuff like that um, I haven't really ever looked at. So um, trying to give that a little more focus. Um, but let's go ahead and jump straight in. There are 11 feature films that make up the franchise we're delving into today, the Star Wars franchise. Uh, just like this previous week's Wes Anderson ranking, I'm going to start at the very end, kind of work my way all the way up to my top rated movie for the franchise. Something I did want to immediately get into was, you know, how do I feel like the franchise is doing right now? Um, Star Wars has really had these ups and downs historically, and I gotta say most of those are the fan base (laughs) loudly expressing their opinion on um, what's been theatrically released. Uh, Prequels were hated in their time, and now they have, you know, a nostalgic fan base, and, you know, especially now, the uh, sequels are absolutely hated, like... Um, I would say en masse, a lot of people dislike the sequels, even though there's, there is some value to be found in them. I, I, there are a couple, like two of the sequel movies I would say are, are pretty great. Um, but anyway, moving on, I, I do think that the franchise today is unfortunately kind of straying away from feature films. I think they're more focused on building the universe through, um, released TV shows on Disney, uh, Disney Plus, but I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It just, I don't know. There has been this kind of Disneyfication of um, Star Wars that, you know, uh, to their credit, they have financially expanded the universe a ton. They have done a lot for this fan base in terms of bringing a lot of the universe to life for them. But there definitely are moments and you know i see this in marvel sometimes too where you know i'm not necessarily taking issue with the direction that they take characters or you know the direction of their story but you know i i genuinely have issues with i think that i'm more aware that i'm watching a product rather than you know i'm watching something that i might genuinely enjoy something that is made for the sake of the characters for the sake of the story for love of the franchise i'm very aware that i'm watching a product that you know they want me to point at the screen and be like oh look 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 look. they they did it they they brought lizzo in like (laughs) i love lizzo dude but did she really need to be in star wars because i i know like one thing i'll say I, i don't have an issue with lizzo being in star wars i don't know why she's you know, the person I'm fixating on, um, I guess another example would be Bill Burr, like, you know, I really love The Mandalorian a lot, uh, I'm coming for it right now, but, um, I just do feel like the intention of putting her into the, 
episode is or putting Bill Burr into the episode you know these kind of uh, recognizable public figures that a lot of people know like I think it has now less to do with their talent actually Jack Black's another good uh, example of that in that same episode but um, yeah I just feel like whenever we toss them into this the intention is not to build a meaningful character or contribute something meaningful it's we got another, you know, famous person in Star Wars. Check it out, guys. It's a great reason for you to tune in, watch, drive the numbers up. Like, I just don't feel like it is for the best interest of the franchise that it is just for a check. Um, but I can't blame Lizzo for that. I'm, I'm happy she got her Star Wars moment because I, I do know she's talked about being... Um, a pretty big fan in her personal life that it was significant for her. I don't know about Jack Black though. <laughs> Bro just showed up. I don't. I don't really know what to say about that. That and Mario. He's he's been doing his work. I'm I'm happy for him. But um, for the franchise, I do feel like it's getting a little too. I don't know. Uh, social media esque. I think it's missing a lot of the heart that um, it used to be known for, and uh, a lot of the creativity that it used to be known for the kind of trend-setting thing that Star Wars used to do for the sci-fi and the fantasy genre. But anyway, let me let me not keep ranting about this. Um, let's go ahead and get into the ranking. Uh, so like I said, there's 11 feature films. The 11th for me is a no-brainer. I have episode 2, Attack of the Clones. This movie is fucking terrible. It's so so bad it (laughs) i have such a hard time believing that people can see this as camp because you know for me i I can appreciate a good camp movie but this is the thing is the difference between camp and bad for me is if i have a good time with it and this is not one of those movies that i had a good time with i genuinely was sitting there like man, this is kind of utter shit, no? Like, I feel like that's not controversial to say in the slightest. (laughs) Like, It's just the pacing is absolutely fucked. Moving from scene to scene transitionally is such a challenge. Uh, I think that it's really difficult to enjoy. Like, if you came to me, said, hey, you know, if you came to me in present day and said, hey, you and McGregor, Sam Jackson, Natalie Portman, Hayden Christensen, all of these fantastic actors, they're in this movie, right? We got to go see this. And then I go see it and it's this. I'm like, oh my God, what happened, guys? (laughs) There's no scenario in which I imagine it's this bad. The dialogue is really cringe. I just, I don't see the enjoyability in this. Like, I think now in 2023, uh, the Clone Wars is arguably the most engaging, the most interesting period of Star Wars lore that exists. But this is just such a stain on that legacy, honestly. Um, visual effects were kind of disappointing. Um, it's kind of poor attention to detail. Like, there's the CGI is questionable at points. Um, I really think this one deserves to be last on most everybody's list. Um, the first time I watched this movie, it was, man, it was probably at home. I probably watched a DVD set maybe when I was like three or four with my dad. Um, and then, you know, as I was growing up, I you know would continue to watch it. So, you know, it can't be said that there's no nostalgia factor for me, but you know, it definitely is it paying off in the way that um, I think that a lot it is for a lot of other people and i see people on letterbox give it a four star and i'm like how (laughs) how are you watching this and genuinely having a good time but you know everyone experiences it differently and you know like i said there's a nostalgia factor here for that so uh, i don't think that my opinions really changed a huge amount for this movie i didn't really like it when i first watched it it was just something to watch and my dad loves Star Wars, and, you know, when he passed away, that was really significant for me to keep going with, was, you know, Star Wars and, um, you know, staying updated, staying, you know, watching those movies, it, it, it helped me feel a lot closer to him. So I do think that um, it, it definitely lost a lot of 
Uh, how do I say? I, I think it's definitely lost a lot of interest for me. But um, that said, uh, you know, like I said previously, it, it's not like there's no nostalgia factor for me. Um, <clears throat> my positives for this film, I've talked plenty about the negatives. The positives that I have for this film, I genuinely need to think about. Um, <laughs> mm, okay. It's a weird duality of opinion that I think Hayden Christensen is so difficult to enjoy in this movie, but at the same time, he actually does do a pretty good job of depicting this moody, angsty teen that Anakin is at this point in his story. Um, I just think it's really hard to watch, which it is, I guess, part of the point, but it doesn't make it, you know it doesn't make it easier it really doesn't it does not um uh i like i like the lightsaber duels a lot uh the grandiose of the uh, battle of geonosis is pretty great um but i think that's kind of it for my positives i did not really like this film too much i ended up a score of 2.7 out of 10 for this movie so uh, that is where attack of the clones sits for me (laughs) um uh, moving on, number 10. Number 10 for me is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the first of the sequel series to appear in the spot <clears throat> or on the list. So I don't usually like saying that it's soulless garbage, but it is. <laughs> it is soulless garbage. I'm so sorry. It's not good. It is a bad bad movie is is not a good time it really isn't um when i first watched this movie i watched it in theaters came out in 2019 so you know i was i was pretty into movies and like i said i keep up with star wars so um i walked out really disappointed and i can say that my opinion really hasn't changed as time has progressed here i i still don't like this movie much at all Uh, I ended up giving it a 3.6 out of 10. It's sitting at number 10 on the list. Um, My opinion has not changed at all. I think that the pacing issues just fuck this movie so hard. It it makes it so difficult to watch because it's so poorly edited together. It's storyboarded so... I don't even know how to say. Chaotically, really. Like (laughs) It feels like we had so much to do. And we just never really got a chance to actually get to it. It just is there. And I'm like, guys, you can't just give me the information and expect that to be satisfying enough. You need to tie it in. You need to blend it with great dialogue. You need to make it significant for the characters, for the story. And none of that felt true for me. Um, Overall, yeah, it's just messy. It's so engorged with details that don't mesh together well at all um i really like the dyad uh of uh ray and kylo i think that is really interesting i thought that was creative i thought it was um affecting uh but uh, other than that i'm kind of just left feeling eh, like they they wasted potential with finn's character and i think this movie is a good confirmation of that uh, and Poe's character development just feels so absent. Like, Buddy is still the same guy we met in uh, <laughs> The Force Awakens, which, you know, because this is the thing is, like, if you're rebooting a franchise, you know, even though you don't want the characters to be exactly the same, we want to feel a parallel. You know, it's always been said from George Lucas, from the Star Wars community, it's like, you know, it's 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 like poetry it rhymes you know i i wanted to see a little bit more of that in that you know han solo when we meet him is this hotshot pilot this smuggler he's just out for a quick buck he's got debts all over the place and you know he turns into this war hero he turns into this really good guy but we just don't see that same form of development for anybody in the main cast here and it's it's really disappointing it's really upsetting um 
I think that's kind of it for my positives and negatives. Um, so, I mean, that's that's really all I have to say about this movie. It, it was incredibly disappointing in the theaters for the first time, and it was incredibly disappointing on the rewatch. It could have been so much better, um, and it, it just kind of abandoned all of the creative direction that Ryan Johnson you know, chose to take kind of liberally. Uh, which, you know, honestly, credit to Ryan Johnson. I, I thought, uh, we'll get to it <laughs> a lot later, but um, I actually liked Last Jedi um, on this rewatch, and I, I didn't like it initially, but um, no spoilers, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, number nine in my ranking is The Phantom Menace, which is the first of the prequel series to release. Um, now we're kind of getting into this range of... A little unfavorable but not really like terrible um, for me this movie does have enough positives for me to you know s cling to um, uh, but when I first watched this movie I, I remember watching this one with my dad um, and then watching it so many times after that this is I don't it, it might sound weird, but uh, this is definitely the Star Wars movie that I've rewatched the absolute most. Like this stayed on in my house. <laughs> now this is pod racing. Like uh, if, if, if I love it. Like it's, I, I give it three stars. I gave it a five point six out of ten. But honestly, if I'm sitting here, I'm like from just enjoyability. If I'm not trying to be like, okay, what worked and what didn't. If I'm just turning my brain off like I hate people suggesting and watching it I have such a good time with this movie it might be like five stars if I'm just talking about enjoyability like I love so much this movie um the performances are not good like that that is what it is and the transitions are you know just like for most of the prequel series they're straight out of powerpoint but um I really, really uh, like the large-scale CGI. I like how immersive it is. Um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon is not the most chemistry I've seen, but, uh, well, not the best chemistry I've seen, but it gets there, and you know, I end up loving it. I end up loving it. Um, <clears throat> I will think that, uh, always, that it's a little weirdly paced, um, and it is always a, a nostalgic pod racing good time i love i love the pod racing scene so much um partly because of those lego games as well but i mean i'm really showing my geek here but <laughs> anyway um yeah i think the runtime you can tell it maybe just drags a little bit and but you know like i said for me the positives outweigh the negatives for this film i i really love um how it, you know, kind of establishes the beginning of everyone's story. Um, and I like how it, you know, kind of references here and there how the story ends up. Um, I think it's aging decently well. Um, I, you know, my opinion hasn't <clears throat> drastically changed since I first saw this movie. Although, like I said, you know, back then I probably have been like it's my favorite movie of all time and uh, now it's three stars and you know kind of on the lower tier of my ranking but um, like I said I'll always enjoy this film you know it's always such a good time for me I, like I said I ended up giving it a 5.6 um, oh it also has maybe one of the better just one of the better slash one of the best um, uh, lightsaber fights in all of Star Wars Like I, I love watching that and the score that goes along with it goes crazy good and it has no real reason to do so but hey what a finale <laughs> like a, a crazy good honestly um but we can go ahead and move on uh, number eight in my rankings is where the first of the sequel series lands star wars the force awakens so the context kind of matters for this one in that it had been 10 years since the last movie had come out um so, you know, I, even more than the prequel series, now that there was so much focus on fandom, so much focus on character and, you know, lore and all that, like, uh, you know, from the fandom, I, I do think that this had so much writing on it when it first came out, like, it could not have been easy to beat J.J. Abrams or, uh, or Daisy Ridley, um, or, Ky or, uh, I almost said Kylo Ren, Adam Driver when we were, when they were stepping into 
the you know really monstrous task that they had in front of them which was to reboot a franchise that had been kind of dormant for a decade um but i thought they did a decently good job do do i think that this movie is kind of a pale reflection of a new hope i do i do feel like that um but you know in terms of its technical aspects it really doesn't falter and just because it is that you know kind of a pale reflection of a new hope it doesn't mean it's bad i think it does a decent job at introducing new characters showing me why they're interesting making them unique you know in ways that we you know hadn't necessarily uh had explicitly before um i really like the big three in this ray poe and finn i really like them a lot um han solo harrison ford returning and chewbacca returning those were great additions so was carrie fisher i loved them loved seeing them in the film i thought they they played it um they played their parts really well they kind of stood back a bit in terms of you know what they were what their significance was in the story um and let the the new cast kind of run with it um i feel like kylo ren was a little bit more of a negative for me this time which was surprising uh he is the most interesting um aside from i would say probably finn he's the most interesting character uh and then probably goes daisy ridley um uh ray but i gotta say that uh, something was missing for me on this i don't know if it was performance or if it was character detail but um i i think it might have been character i I think he was just kind of lacking depth for me um in this initial meeting with him which isn't necessarily bad you know being that he's a new villain you know i want him to be kind of mysterious but i think they pulled the veil back enough that i was like okay i wanted a little more or a little less he gave me just this weird amount of <laughs> of information about him that I, I i feel like i'm yeah just not getting enough and got too much at the same time um uh, when i first watched this film i had a decent time with it um i don't think it occurred to me at that moment that it was that kind of reflection of a new hope uh, that definitely has uh, changed in my opinion but uh, I still I had a great time watching this. You know, as a reboot of the franchise, it was great to see such great physical visual effects, um, which you know kind of hold up for this movie and the next. Um, not, not as much for Rise of Skywalker, but um, still, I, I liked this film a lot. Uh, I had a decent time with it. I ended up giving this one a seven point one out of ten. Um, so it, that's where it's sitting at number eight. But we can go ahead and move on. Uh, number seven for me may come as a surprise i don't know now this movie okay let me let me not (laughs) jump the gun it's solo a star wars story is sitting uh, at number seven for me Uh, this movie came out in 2018 um and to be honest when i first went to see it the biggest difference in my first viewing experience and the viewing experience i had this year uh, was that I stayed awake this year. <laughs> I I really fell asleep <laughs> when I was in the in the auditorium, uh, which was surprising me to me for two reasons, and uh, <laughs> the most significant um, uh, out of the two was that I was with friends. So like, I don't know how I fell asleep. <laughs> I really don't know how I fell asleep there, um, but. Anyway, um, the the second reason uh, really is that this movie is loud. Like, I was with friends, and it was a loud movie. Like, there's tons of action in this movie. So I, I really, it is kind of a mystery to me now why I fell asleep. You know, I I don't remember being particularly tired. I do remember being particularly bored. Um, so I just kind of chalked it up to that was why I fell asleep. Um, but, um, I guess, you know, the biggest change, obviously, yeah, that I didn't fall asleep, but I really had a great time with this movie this time around. I always thought that it was kind of a cash grab, that it was kind of soulless and didn't live up to, you know, the legacy of the characters, you know, it was recasting. Um, but I really enjoyed, um, the recasting for Han Solo in this movie a lot, I really enjoyed Donald Glover's um, 
Lando Calrissian a lot. Um, honestly, you know, maybe a hot take, but I I enjoyed um, Han Solo's recast more than Lando's in this movie. I really did. I had a great time with it. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was. Um, I, here's the thing: is like I didn't expect a ton out of it since I fell asleep the first time, um, and I, I didn't really think that it was going to be anything significant groundbreaking but um i think it kind of did a decent job of subverting those expectations it was engaging it you know has kind of that happy-go-lucky you know you know well not even happy-go-lucky just you know a story based on luck like blind luck and a little bit of skill that kind of comprises han solo as a character um I really like the supporting cast a lot. I forgot Woody Harrelson was in this. I did not forget Amelia Clark was, but um, I always kind of felt like her character was a little... Um, it just lacked a lot of depth. Uh, but, yeah, I think the biggest, you know... Oh, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in this! Like, like out of nowhere! <coughs> out of fucking nowhere is Phoebe Waller-Bridge in this. Like, I, that, I, I was sitting here, I was like, man, you know... The, this droid it seems kind of kind of flea bag coated <laughs> then i look up the cast i'm like oh it's literally flea bag um so that was honestly my biggest like random positive like i didn't i didn't see that coming at all um but anyway uh i do think it's a little corny sometimes <laughs> it isn't paced incredibly well i think pacing is honestly man pacing might be my biggest issue for movies but um, I thought that they did a great job rebooting the character. Uh, I think that it's always such a really daunting task to take on an iconic character like that. Like, like if they were to recast Luke Skywalker or, or Leia, if they were to recast someone from another major franchise, you know, I, I think that there's a huge, um, asterisk that comes along with that performance but uh i thought i thought we kind of matched it i thought we did pretty great with this one um and really that's all i needed out of this film was a satisfying origin story i ended up giving this movie as well a 7.1 uh and like i said it lands at number seven now on to number six uh maybe the hottest take of the list um it is a star wars episode three revenge of the sith um so this movie i do love a ton um for the obvious reasons it is the best of the prequels by far um and you know it bears a ton of significance on the you know main narrative of uh, anakin skywalker's story um and that of the people adjacent to him um i think it's contains a lot of lines that have become iconic acting feels pretty standard across the board nothing is particularly bad you know hayden christensen's definitely definitely came into the role this is i think his best performance um uh as anakin skywalker and you know ewan mcgregor as obi-wan really really nails the um the dichotomy between the two uh, as well um i think it carries this I don't know. I think it it carries the the brunt of the climax for the franchise, and I think it groans just a little bit under that weight. You know, the tragedy of the Jedi's fall from power, the replacement of them with the Empire and the Sith. It it is really tragic and effectively tragic. Uh, but I do think that the aftermath isn't as well established as I would have liked it to be uh, i think this one more than any other film uh, it does feel like a space opera in this one there is so much melody there's so much emotion like and you know the performances really really capture that incredibly well um <clears throat> i don't think that uh all the cgi uh, matches up super well for me and the powerpoint transitions still remain a staple here uh it's a little uneven as well but um, you know, whatever complaints there are, it, it's undeniable that the nostalgia of this film is, you know, largely unattainable now. Like, 
in 10 years, you know, do I ever think that people are going to think about the sequels, you know, any of them, the way that they think about Revenge of the Sith? And uh, honestly, my answer is no. I really don't think so. Uh, this movie ended up getting a 7.7 from me. I, I like this movie a lot. Gave it four stars. Um, the first time I watched this, man, I, I must have been really young. Uh, this is probably my second most rewatched Star Wars movie. Um, I, I really enjoy the stakes in this one and the action in this one, and for the obvious reason that it, it has maybe the most iconic, um, you know, heroic fall from power for Anakin Skywalker, and you know the most iconic, um, you know, uh, how do I say, it? climax to his story. That, that fight between him and Obi-Wan on Mustafar is incredible to watch every single time. The visuals, the emotion, the choreography, that the, the stars aligned for that one. <laughs> they really did. I, I just, I can, I'll never get tired of watching that, that entire sequence. Um, but I think that's all I really have to say about Revenge of the Sith. Um, my opinion really hasn't changed all that much of this movie. I still have a great time with it. Um, I think I'm just a little more critical about the parts that I notice are bad at this point. Uh, but moving on, we're hitting our top five. At number five, I have episode six, Return of the Jedi. Um, as sometimes it's called Revenge of the Jedi. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but I sometimes see it referred to online as Revenge of the Jedi. Regardless, came out in 1983. It's the conclusion of the original trilogy. Um... It faltered a lot more than I was expecting it to. I saw this most recently when it re-released in theaters. So, you know, super cool experience to be able to go and watch this in theaters. Um, but uh, from the first time I watched it, you know, it was probably... Oof, I don't know. I probably went and bought a Blu-ray when I was like 13 or 14 and I watched it at home. <laughs> and I, I loved it. Like, for a long time, I maintained that this was the best movie in the franchise. Um, but I do think that that is the biggest difference in opinion that I know. I definitely no longer think that. Um, I think that the, the two separate stories that are told here don't really mesh well together. You know, it's necessary for the Tatooine um, <clears throat> sequence to happen. You know, to get us back to a point where we can have our big conclusion, which doesn't disappoint. I love pretty much everything beyond Tatooine, but Tatooine is a huge sore spot in this movie for me. I think it's just really poorly paced. It's just a lower tier of quality than the rest of the film, and it feels totally out of place. It, it, I love seeing you know Luke, you know, having come into his own as a Jedi, you know, be more confident, be more um, assertive, and um, what word am I looking for? He's more um, independent, really. But aside from that, I think I'm just bored when it comes to the Tatooine sequence. I'm just like, eh, well, eh it's okay. Um, but even considering that, I do think that the movie recovers really well when we get to Endor. I think it really does. Um, I can see a lot of the complaints that most fans have with this movie, and you know, I, I I can understand that it does feel like it's an attempt to cash in on the franchise more than the previous two movies. Um, but honestly, I won't really fault them for that. You know, this this uh, third movie in the entire franchise, we now have a proven box office hit. You know, it is time to kind of cash in, and you know, seeing that you're bringing it to a conclusion, you know it's time like this is our opportunity to make some big money with it um so i don't blame him for that but yeah i do think some of the performances are phoned in a little hard <laughs> um and uh but still it's a solid conclusion i really love the ending sequence that uh, happens in the throne room on the death star between luke vader and uh, palpatine i think that is poetic really it is really interesting um but I, I don't think, I think most of all, it's just not balancing itself very well, this movie. Like, even when we're on, um, in that throne room scene, you know, when I flash all the way back to Endor, I'm like, God, take me back to the throne room. I don't want to be here right now. Like, well, this isn't interesting. Take me back. Like, I want to see what's going on up there. Um, 
I understand that it's mostly set up for that one sequence, um, but I think that that's where it faults, that uh, because it's set up to emphasize the severity and significance of that throne room scene, it just doesn't do enough for the rest of it. Um, I ended up with a 7.9 for this film uh, out of 10. I gave it four stars. Uh, like I said, I have a great time with it. Um, it just is so uneven that it bothers me greatly. <laughs> um, moving on, number four on our list uh, is probably the biggest surprise that I put Star Wars The Last Jedi at number four on this list. Now, here's the thing. When I first watched this movie, I hated it so, so bad. Like, I thought this was maybe the worst movie I'd seen. Like, at the time in 2017, when I went and watched it with some friends, I was like, God, this is utter dog shit. What am I here for? This is terrible. Like, why am I watching this? But, you know, after maturing and rewatching it now you know i really not that i'm saying that people don't that don't like it are not mature that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that as a person who watches film now i i can really find a way to appreciate the artistic direction that ryan johnson was trying to take the franchise um but truly i don't know what i was on when i when this movie came out i think that it was an ambitious lens that Ryan Johnson tried to give me to see Star Wars in this kind of new light. Um, and, you know, it, it sucks that I think that the adverse public reaction, you know, really assisted in the mess that was Rise of Skywalker. They were trying to course correct so hard that they made the this, this totally crap movie two years later. Whereas, you know, if they had kind of stuck with some of the creative decisions that... You know Johnson made in this movie and especially you know in characterizing the force as a concept and as a being in itself I think that it's it really just hurts my soul a little bit that we didn't chase after that um, you know I, I do think that exploring this new territory while kind of keeping core principles intact uh, was a really well done job uh, i love what this does for rain kylo kind of setting that dyad up at least in the uh the last installment of the franchise um <clears throat> but still um, i'm kind of left disappointed with finn's character arc with poe's character arc like we just don't get the attention for them that i i really think that they deserve um and you know i, <laughs> I honestly i'll never understand admiral holdo that's another sore spot for me. I'm just like, why wouldn't you just say what's going on? I don't know. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Um, Luke's character arc, I think, is another thing a lot of people take issue with with this movie. Um, I think that the issue is that they have this infallible notion of luke skywalker in that he is the best of us you know he he is able to overcome anything when in reality he is just another jedi he is you know he he maybe is the best of us but that doesn't mean he's invulnerable to doubt invulnerable to falling from his prime um so those those complaints that are like oh that's not luke skywalker i don't know who that is and i, I know mark hamill has said it but sorry to disagree with with literally the actor that plays the character but it it's not weird for your character to develop in a way that you wouldn't really expect them to it's not you know i understand finding you know that kind of redemption in your father but it's different it is everyone is susceptible to doubt in this universe and i think that this was um a good point to have made from ryan johnson um for the character um again there's some pacing issues there are but it is undeniable that the film's shot incredibly well i think it has some of the best visuals in the franchise um this one ended up at an 8.2 for me and like i had mentioned before it lands at number four in the ranking let's move on number three top three number three 
is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Now, this movie is mint. This is such a good movie. It is ridiculous how good this movie is. Like, this is everything I want in a Star Wars movie. It has a ton of heart. It's got compelling compelling characters lovable characters it's 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 got heart it's got high stakes i think i already said heart anyway it's got high stakes um really good villains a really well connected storyline it's shot incredibly well um gareth edwards you 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 fucking genius i love you like you did such a good job with this movie i I think he really sets the tone incredibly well. The CGI just hits on every single cylinder. Um, and you know, while there may be some lack of depth for some of the characters, it's it's unbelievable what they were able to do with this movie, uh, truly. Uh, I did notice on a rewatch that um, some of the dialogue and acting is a little eh, but it meets my expectation and succeeds in sur- surpassing it like it, it it just it takes this little gap of lore and this is you know what i think star wars really does best is that they take these little gaps of lore and they expand them you know they they just dig into the little details and show you what there is to love more and more about the universe um i do think they deliver this really fresh story cast that you know, along with the nostalgia, like, that classic fans will be able to enjoy that one hallway scene with Darth Vader is fucking crazy, um, you know, seeing the, the Death Star kind of come to fruition from, like, a plan that we saw in Attack of the Clones to, man, if I'm watching chronologically, this is the first time I really see the, um, oh, well, that's not true, we see it in Revenge of the Sith, but, (laughs) anyway, this is really the first time we get to see it in action, you know, the Death Star, so, um, yeah, I love this film. Protagonist is great. Jin Erso, fantastic. Cassian Andor, their chemistry is fantastic. I love them so much. Um, and the uh, the side characters, incredible. Just out of nowhere, incredible. <laughs> I, I loved them. Um, uh, Chirut, I think his name is the um, the blind guy that you know is really in tune with the Force, and his companion are really funny um together and you know heartbreaking obviously end for all of them uh, k2so is hilarious <laughs> um and uh Bodhi rook just randomly riz ahmed is in this i love it um yeah i have such a good time with this film i could rewatch this a ton i i saw this for the first time uh in theaters and i don't think i recognized how special it was until i rewatched it and i was like man this this could this could easily hit the number two spot like it, it could steal it like no no problem for sure um i ended up giving this one an 8.5 out of 10 really really like this movie a ton uh, number two for me number two for me and number one for me should be pretty obvious at this point um so i'll just go ahead and say both uh, number two is the original star wars from 1977 a new hope episode four uh, and number one is episode five empire strikes back now, I don't think either of those opinions are hot takes, um, but I do think they're the right takes. I, <laughs> truly, um, I think that, uh, you know, first I'll, stalk, I'll talk about episode four, um, the original Star Wars. I, I do think every moment is iconic. It deserves a spot in everyone's um, kind of movie moment memory banks. Um, it's a beautiful start to the trilogy. It explores these themes of hope abandonment faith freedom you know tyranny um and it it does all of this in this you know well-contained like i don't even remember how long it is it's what two hours i think flat two hours maybe a minute um but yeah it just it, it encapsulates all of this into this space epic which is so like at the time that's just so randomly like that's just so random i I don't understand how they did it like george lucas you you fucking genius how'd you also make the the prequels like i don't understand but you know i I do think some elements of the movie didn't work for me but 
it's just dwarfed this movie accomplished so much in its time that's in this landscape of cinema that it was in um and uh, it, it definitely proves influential even to the day um han is lovable he's frustrating uh, leia is authoritative and a little annoying but kind of balances it well with this you know obvious proficiency for leadership and the you know intelligence she she kind of effortlessly displays um but those two characters really kind of set the stage well for luke this really inexperienced and naive little boy um who you know is kind of thrust into this huge role um i i really think that his character you know is given so much room to run thanks to the other two uh main characters in the film i love r2 and 3po so much <laughs> i don't need i didn't honest honestly i didn't need r2 to say any words in english ever like the beeps are enough the beeps and c3po's like sarcasm totally enough first time i saw this i i loved it you know watching it again this year i loved it <laughs> nothing really changed about that too much um and uh yeah i just i had such a good time with this film it really is quite classic i don't think it's as rewatchable as uh, empire strikes back which is why uh, empire kind of took that from it but um well let me not say that it i will say yeah it's not as rewatchable as empire strikes back or rogue one but it definitely bears a lot of significance and i think it needs to be commended for that uh, but like I said, Rogue One could surpass it. It's at the same score. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I really, really like this movie a lot. Moving on, let's get to the final one, our number one ranked film in all of Star Wars. It's Empire Strikes Back from 1980. It is fucking perfect. It is absolutely perfect from start to finish. There's no gap of quality. There's no gap of pace. There's no gap of development. CGI takes a huge step up. It sucks you deeper into this world that George Lucas kind of visualized in the first movie. Um, it's well acted in terms of a love story. It's got great chemistry. There's dramatic family development. And, you know, maybe the biggest plot twist of all time in, in a movie ever. Um, it's got this really great mix of practical effects, CGI, and it's incredibly imaginative when it goes into its world building. I like the characters a lot. Uh, a lot in this movie um i think kind of far and away it's the best out of all of these movies i don't think it's close really at all um i just yeah I just, objectively i think this is the best movie i know film is subjective but objectively i think this is the best one it, it really just it's so far and away i have such a good time with this movie it helps build a lot of jedi lore with yoda um i think it it really helps build a lot of the the family the familial aspects that we kind of love out of star wars um and i do think that it kind of sets up this ever-expanding universe that you know we can explore these so many different spheres of story and you know we can still just love them effortlessly every way um some big franchises uh, do get pretty vastly overrated and sometimes star wars fits that bill um but I gotta say that this movie pays off for all the hype. Like, it really does. If you are invested in watching Star Wars, this movie should be the reason why. It, it culminates into something so, so, so special for sci-fi, for fantasy, for drama. It, it is just a fantastic film. I, would, I will always recommend someone watch this film over and over and over again. It, it really encapsulates what you know live action sci-fi really can do um in terms of you know not just oh man look at that science fiction it's so cool on a spaceship like oh that's crazy like he just he just jumped down a, a giant well like oh my god that's so crazy the lightsaber fights the force i was like cool but also there's more like i just i can't believe how how well um they blend pieces of this movie together set pieces are incredible um, character works incredible I, I love Han and Lan in this movie I, I love Vader and Luke in this movie um, really nobody disappoints at all um, I ended up giving this movie a 9.8 out of 10 it is so so close to perfect um, 
I just don't like Lando. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I just don't like him. Like, he just, eh. He's alright. He's okay. Well, his character makes sense. I don't have a problem with that. I, I think it is just the performance that's a little off-putting for me. Um, that's like my... I think that's my only real sore spot, and it's barely a sore spot. It's 0.2 of a point. Um, anyway, yeah, 9.8 out of 10. Easily, easily my favorite Star Wars film. Uh, and that finishes us up for uh, ranking Star Wars. Just a little recap. At number one, we have Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. At number two, we have Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. At number three, we have Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story. At number four, we have Star Wars Episode Seven: The Last Jedi. Nope, that says eight. Hey, that's on me, guys. Uh, episode eight, The Last Jedi. Uh, number five is Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Uh, number six, we have Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Number seven, we have Star Wars Solo, a Star Wars story. I've seen Star Wars so many times. Um, at number eight, we have Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. Number nine, we have Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. And Episode Ten, we have Episode Nine, uh, Star The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, also Episode Eleven, <laughs> or Episode Eleven, episode, or Number Eleven, we have uh, Episode Two. Um, attack of the clones dead last deservedly so i will never you know pivot on that it is just such a bad movie anyway (laughs) i i digress um all right guys that's that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode as always thank you guys for tuning in Uh, let me know what you think on twitter on letterboxd you know that's where i'm definitely the most active um but like i said thanks for tuning in on spotify Uh, make sure to leave a review or star rating it does really really help get the podcast out there put it on more people's explore page and browse pages um and i will see you next week for a discussion on film set in the mid-20th century uh with my sister elena that is specifically where she wants to 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 go so that is where we're gonna go we'll see how it goes (laughs) all right i will see you guys next week